and welcome to ABW Live, or as John would call it, ABW of Urkant Wonderland Live um, radio show. Oh, I forgot who I am, dot com. And with me tonight, we have Owen, who was a planned guest. How are you, Owen? I'm good, mate. That's what I was just saying there before the show, that this was sort of like, I'm sorry for the horse analogy, but um, like my dad beating my mum, it was a... As much as I absolutely love Arsenal, I only live 15 miles away from Dundalk, so it was sort of hard to watch them, you know, but God love them. They put put the effort in, but it was just a little too much for them in the end. Uh, At the start of the show, where can people find you? Because you have a very good new podcast. You did a really good show yesterday with Mike Hertz and a Wigan fan and an Arsenal fan that are both also Irish. Mike isn't Irish before anybody starts making accusations. Where can they find (laughs) your new wonderful podcast I really like? And I think I was a guest on once recently. You were indeed, and thanks for the kind words, buddy. Um, <clears throat> so you can find me over at uh, Gunnar Crack on Twitter, or it's the same on YouTube as well. And if you want to go there, uh, the podcast you mentioned was actually with Ross and Griff, who are the hosts of League of Ireland TV. And <clears throat> it was actually quite funny. I was just saying there, um, they, they live quite a bit further away from Dundalk than I do, and I had to get them two lads onto the channel to fill me in on everything Dundalk. So if you want to sort of dive in and find a bit more out about Dundalk before the reverse fixture, um, I doubt you're going to find a podcast um, with so much information on them. It's about an hour long podcast and they really sort of break down exactly who Dundalk are and what you can expect from them. So um, yeah, I, think I'm, I think I'm good, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like great programming. I'm, I'm, I mean, I would tune in just for you, but you know, yeah, it, I, it could I be a bit. It could be a bit. It could be a bit too complex for yourself, Mike. I would say maybe you should. Oh, okay. Like. I, I see. I see where you're going. <laughs> uh, also, we we have here the uh, the wonderful the FFS and the I'm in a WhatsApp group with him and Mike, and it said, "Get me on, or more nudes of yours will end up on the interwebs." So I thought, better behave myself, Mike, my dear. I- I have more nudes of you than you think that I have of you, and that's what's scary because you know you know about a certain number of them. But uh, you know, when, when we win, I'm happy, and when I'm happy, you know, I need to, I want to share it. So thank you very much to both of you for allowing me to uh, ply my trade with the two of you wonderful oh, gentlemen. I, I had no choice. I would have said no. Oh, no you didn't have a choice. But, uh, <laughs> You're one of the few people that can message me and go, "I'm free. Let me on," and then I, I let you on. I, yeah, I, I could not have dreamed four years ago of reaching that status. So, you know, I, I, I shaved my head. I grew my beard. I did everything I possibly could. And, folks, all you have to do is just, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And I and I finally I finally done it. <laughs> Very true. That is we are actually on Periscope. Uh, FK, uh, the darling that is FK, said he's been using Periscope. And I thought, I wonder if ABW has a Periscope. Turns out ABW has a Periscope that I set up about five years ago. So, does anybody on Periscope say, Oh, here we go, there's me. Look, the GFP. Hello, all you need to do is log in. You click on the link with your um Twitter account and you log in from there. And then you're you can... still you're still resisting going on Pornhub, though. I mean, we showed you how to do that, and you're oh, still what was that you sent me the other day? You sent me a link, and was it you brushing your teeth? I accidentally yeah, yeah. scrolled down, Mike. I scrolled down by accident. You're and you learned, same... and you learned a little bit about how babies are made. You're you're in the same part of Pornhub as all the men. Oh, I didn't even know there was a men's part of Pornhub. That's how. Tell you what, I've had a shock. Well, look, we've got, we've, we've got three videos up on Pornhub, and um, you know, there's more to come, as it were. Oh. No, we don't need that. Uh, we have lots of lovely people in the chat box. We've got and Steve Andy as well. We've got Folly, Folly Ox. That's an Oxford United. Actually, my friend Alan, who lived in Bevan close to me, was a Nottingham Forest fan up until about 1984. And then he said, I'm going to support Oxford United. That went well for him, didn't it? So uh, then we've also got William Ede. We've got Mike Hurt. We, me and Owen are going to be on Mike's show after this. He's doing a live show just like this one. And uh, I've had McDonald's, so I said... Oh, I might have worked my way into that one as well. <laughs> are you on that as well? Oh, look, why don't people just watch this one? We should have, I should have got Mike and his mates on here, and then he could have saved everyone an hour. because well, we're, we're using this one as the practice, and then we're going um, on not another... Uh, Arsenal podcast afterwards. A- for the- ABW is the fluffer for Mike. I see. Excellent. We have our, our South American correspondent, Julian Salmondo. Oh, he's writing in English. Evening, lads. El Bastado. 
Uh, we've got Luke Howard, Rudy Rastos, Junior Gunner, Mike Hertz. I might have already said hello. Just someone in Twitch it is Carnage1618. Uh, it's a wonderful year for um, McDonald's, that was. Kaiser Sose, who is in there, and he is also in our discord which is nice we're on all we're in all the places our uh, femi yemi i think he said femi femi's our pod no this is yemi fash one of our um youtube subscribers is uh he sticks nine it's probably one night and i know yemi because he is quite flush with the cash he's uh, he comes around and he, he shoves the money through my letterbox once a month which is wonderful dixon's side uh oh travis is there all right travis you cheeky monkey who else is there? a new name here hannes p Felt we needed to get more goals. That's true. Uh, Phil Mack is always there. K-Man is probably on every single one of the apps that we're on. There's Michael in Sweden. There's Loki up north. And Oh, here we go. This person looks like, look at that face, Mike. Face oh, that's, his, that's his LinkedIn profile, I'm pretty he sure. He looks like an absolute victim in that photo. That's like a missing child poster. Look at him. If you look at he's blinking in Morse code, help get me out yes. of here. <laughs> help me get out of this podcast that we almost never do anymore. <laughs> you don't need to. It's quality over quantity, Mike. And uh, Yeah, I went so, with the opposite on Twitter during the game today, but, you know, it's it's nice to mix it up every once in a while. Huh, so lovely. Um, right, we're going to get straight on to the game. Then it was Arsenal 3, Dundalk nil. Not much of a surprise, but it's uh, – oh, yeah, look, Data's there. She's been in a good mood. Uh, nobody here, to, nobody here sure, to annoy her. Not sure I love uh, her husband, but you know, <laughs> she's, she's always <laughs> she, she was unbanned and now she's back. Uh, so, <laughs> notes. First thing I want to ask uh, Owen the starting lineup. Was there any surprises in the lineup for you? Or good or bad surprises will do? Um, yeah, there was. I wasn't really expecting um, Granite Jacket to start at all. Um, I really thought he would have been sort of wrapped in bubble wrap before the United game, but uh, I don't know if you would say pleasantly surprised is unpleasantly surprised the thing. Yeah, um, once the game kicked off to see that he was basically a part of a back three, um, which made much more sense sort of uh, in terms of why he was featuring. Uh, to be honest with you, the, the formation itself was uh, what I thought to be a bit of a negative approach. I, I stated before the match, um, had started that if we seen a back five that that was you know quite negative from the manager but I suppose in hindsight when you look at it <laughs> a, a dual pairing of uh, Mustafi and Kalazanac are probably not the most solid uh, to be playing with so th- that was maybe a bit of cause for concern um, for everybody re- uh, regardless of the fact of the level of opposition that we were facing um, but I consider as stupid as this may sound I, I-, I would consider that uh, Arteta has probably put Xhaka in between the two of them to sort of add a bit of solidity um, and experience um, between them. Um, but apart from that, no, it was sort of it was what I was expecting. Um, uh, people maybe could have been slightly surprised at the fact that ne- uh, Nicola Pepe um, got the start, uh, but I wasn't at all surprised because I think Nic- Nicola Pepe is a player who really thrives on confidence, and Arteta probably saw this as a good opportunity to push him out and really let him sort of gain some of that before some of the bigger fixtures that we'll have coming in, uh, coming up in a few weeks. Yes. How do you think, uh, at what point do you reckon Mikel Arteta told runner the gunner that he's going to be playing behind a back three that includes Kalashnitz and Xhaka? Cause he, he should not have told him last night cause he would not have got any sleep. Cause that is, uh, <laughs> that's one hell of a way to make your debut, isn't it? In front of them clowns. <clears throat> yeah, it is for, for sure. But something that I was surprised about, was actually how vocally commanding that he seemed to be uh, throughout the 90 minutes. I even had one of my first notes here, and it was literally within <clears throat> within the first couple of minutes. Uh, he came out, collected the ball, and how fast he distributed it um, was really positive. I thought uh, you know there was only so many small snippets that we can take sample sizes from throughout that entire 90 minutes. But one thing I think he was consistently good at was when he did receive the ball, he was sort of sprinted to the edge of the 18-yard box and really got got the ball moving as fast as possible, which is a criticism I would have of uh, Bird Leno at times, is that uh, I think sometimes he sort of slows down the progression of the ball up the field, you know, sort of holding the ball very much like what I've seen with uh, Simon Mignolet at Liverpool, you know, really grasping and holding the ball and taking a bit of the sting out of our attack. Um, 
so yeah, but no, it, it, even I think there was a free kick later on in the game, which maybe we'll end up touching on, you know, in, in a bit more detail later on. But um, when he was organising the wall, and he was he was extremely vocal. So for somebody that I have my mm. doubts about, uh, uh, although he didn't have much to do, sort of my initial uh, reaction to him is is a positive one, probably more positive than I expected it to be. Yeah, I noticed the shouting, and then uh, he had a couple of um, things in the first half. We had to jump and caught the ball. I thought mm. Leno was probably looking at that and going, what are you doing? Catching the ball? Punch it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, talking of fucking idiots, uh, no, that's too cruel. Mike, Andy, Andy told me to say that. Mike, what did you think about the, the lineups? And was there anybody that you wanted to see or anybody that you didn't see and anybody that you did see that you didn't want to see? Uh, Jesus, that was that was pretty quick. Um, look, uh, Runnerson, he's, he's, I mean, Emmy who? Is all I'm going to say. I mean, he 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 pulled it off. He uh, he's commanding. We can sell him for twenty million tomorrow. I was happy to have him play. The lineup we expect. I mean, you're gonna you're always going to expect to see a mixture of a couple of first team guys who need minutes, might need confidence. That's your Pepe, uh, your Jaka uh, of the world. But uh, you know, I all I wanted to see today was Balogun. That's all I cared about today. Uh, was seeing Balogun, getting him some minutes, getting him a cap for Arsenal, um, and uh, you know, and and I was a little disappointed he didn't get a, a brace. Predicting that all along, but um, I mean, it's it, it's a Europa League lineup. It's a Europa League lineup against the worst team in the in the group, and you really can't question it one way or the other. We have a much bigger game on Sunday, and uh, and so. I don't really find fault with any of the, the selections that he had. I mean, sorry, it just really didn't matter that much. Uh, I think we should have been able to beat them with a, with a pure second team, and we did. So Can't argue with that, can you? That, that there is we logic. We could, but... <laughs> uh, Owen, the, uh, or I'll call you, uh, what does Mike keep calling you? Ian. 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 <laughs> I keep calling him my beloved. Well, to be fair, I always I always called him arsehole. So <laughs> I mean, there's there's arse blog, there's arsehole. I mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm happy to be in that company. Uh, Owen, see, so I was thinking you can say Ian. Then uh, Mike yeah, you, says here, you don't need three central defenders against a team that does not have the ability to cross midfield. Has he got a fair point there? I think he does, yeah, um, and that's what I said um, a couple of minutes ago. Is really that I thought that would be such an, a negative approach, and <laughs> there's a real knock-on effect. And I think something that was apparent throughout the entire ninety minutes was how isolated Eddie and Caddy was. You know, I actually have a comment down on my on my sheet here. We're basically Burnley. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it, it was that even visibly. You know, you don't even have to be sort of in touch tactically with the game to see that within that sort of central attack and midfield area that it's there's just a vast empty space there a lot of the times. I think Joe Willock did well over the over the um ninety minutes to sort of make them runs into the box and get beyond the forwards and stuff. But it was it was really evident throughout the entire game. And I think that's a knock on effect of playing the three at <clears throat> three at the back. And now we could look to the manager and say that that's his fault and, and it probably partially is but I think that since Mikel Arteta has come into Arsenal rather than play to the players strengths you know of the people within our squad he often sets up to sort of to, um, to structure the team around the weaknesses that we have you know more so so it's the I think it's I think it's the fact that he doesn't have a lot of trust within a lot of players within these systems the likes of Mustafi the likes of Kalazanach you know um so I'd say I'd say that starting the three defenders really sort of limits what we can actually do within that thing. The, the only thing I would say is that the beginning of the second half, I thought we started to see Ainsley Maitland Niles playing playing in that sort of inverted midfielder, <clears throat> which he was sort of doing throughout the game. But he he really sort of made more of a point to get central um, at the beginning of that second half, and I think you sort of started to see that paying off. You know, we 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 really sort of congested the midfield and we stopped them coming out at all. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely look. It's something that I think we need to look at in January in terms of that attacking midfield position. Um, I know that defense that question was around the defense, but it, it's all about the knock-on effects that playing with it, that system sort of has on the side. Yeah, an attacking a... midfielder, a couple of them. Is that what uh, that could fit that role? I mean, <laughs> he's a retired. Or something like that. <clears throat> 
Yeah, yeah. well, see, that, 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 that's actually a good point, Mike, because I think that was something that a lot of people wanted to see was Emile Smith-Rowe. Come. If you're talking about somebody who fits the mold of the type of player that we lack, um, forget about his actual progression, but just the actual raw mold of the player. Emile Smith-Rowe is probably the player that we, we are looking at most. But my only issue is with that is that from what I've seen from Emile Smith-Rowe, I'm not sure he's progressed enough in his development to take on that kind of pressure this early on in his in his career, especially we know how reactionary our fan base. You know, what happens if he has a couple of bad games? He's sort of pushed off to the side and able straight away. So uh, I, I'm not sure sort of in the short term that he's our solution right now. Looking at the, the formation, I think there's quite a lot, a lot of you to suggest the reason why we played that formation is because that's the formation that, that we have been playing in the league recently and it is the formation until we get used to everybody playing with two two centre-backs and then two full-backs. But I think even when we have got a centra, a settled two um, centre-back pairing, we could still see this occasionally because it gives us so much width. And uh, like you were saying, with Maitland Niles doing the um, the inverted wing back is when they uh, they're playing on the like he's playing on the left hand side and they all drift into the middle of midfield, isn't it? I had no idea about that until Dark Josh explained it to me. But uh, Mike, if you would have had Maitland, um, if you would have had Smith Rowe playing, of all of those players in the team, where would you have played him? Because we had Willock was the one getting up playing in maybe the attacking midfield role. El Nenny was the one dropping back, and at times it even looked like Xhaka was playing quarterback, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, you're asking me about tactics, and you should know better than that. But uh, a very simple yeah. one. I wouldn't be able to ask it myself. <laughs> I mean, is is the place where where Smith Rowe is supposed to thrive uh, more in the kind of Ozil position that that yeah. used to exist behind yeah. the you know kind of making that final pass through to our to our attacking players? So I, mean, I suppose that would have been where Willock was today. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, I just I'd like to see the kid play. I, I you keep hearing about how he's the future, and he never quite makes the eighteen. So I'm, you know, is there a, a niggling injury? Is there a uh, is he just not quite ready for prime time yet? Um, you know, how's he doing for the U twenty threes? Owen, you you know, you watch every one of those games, so. It was more, I think, his, his loan spell at Huddersfield sort of gave everybody a bit of promise. He was very effective within their side and. Um, he really contributed to think them um, staying up uh, the, the, within that season. I think it was solely down to him. A lot of people hold that. Um, the only thing so I what's would missing, say, so what's missing for the last six to eight weeks of this new season, where where this should be kind of his. He, but last, he was last year we saw Willock get integrated into the squad. We saw uh, Nelson or um, not Nelson, but uh, Niketia come into the squad. Smith Rowe, this was supposed to be his season. What? But he, on? but he's just recovering from an injury. Um, he was expected back this week, but they expect for the mold game that he'll be back. But um, in terms of the midfield, the one thing I have sort of been screaming and preaching about. Um, sorry, Danny, just before we move move on, no, I don't no, things up, but um. I actually think that this isn't a personnel thing. I think that this is a mentality thing, um, because. Nobody can tell me that them players don't have the ability to drop the shoulder, turn and release a pass. All of them are quite high-level professional footballers, even against Dundalk there this evening. We've seen that from a lot of the players, that they weren't willing to turn, open up their body and play the ball forward into space centrally. It was all out wide all the time. And it was, it was I actually found it very frustrating, particularly in the first half. Um and and that's as I said, Eddie was isolated. And if you can visibly look and see the problem there, you know that that should be corrected quite early on. I know we we were um, quite effective in creating chances down the wing, but when you're playing against a team like Dundalk, who you know big physical side at the back, that's what they wanted us to do. You know that the play down the wings, get the balls into the box and their big guys headed away. I think I think it was sort of the work in the in the first half of moving the ball side to side that eventually sort of broke them down and you sort of started to see that golf and fitness. Um and 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 that's what got us the result. But I think I think that even though we can look at the statistics here of a note at 78 minutes, we had 20, 20 chances uh, created, uh, six on target. But I don't think you should walk away looking at them statistics as a positive because you have to remember the quality of side that we were playing against there. If we played in that manner, uh, in that form against any team in the league, I'm 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 convinced we come away with a loss. You know, I don't want to sound negative, but it was just the feel. We don't use the same personnel if we're playing against a team in the Premier League. But it doesn't matter about the personnel. The personnel was changed, but the system remained the same. You know, I'm a massive fan of Arteta, but but 
I think maybe that he's over worrying about our frailties rather than than sort of committing to the strengths that we have. You could see that that was the game plan. Like Rogers had a game plan against us, wear us down for our bring on Vardy, let Vardy score. We could see that our our plan tonight was, although Dundalk are a, a full, fully professional team, that, and then there's no part timers there. There's no fridge repair man. There, there's no uh, plumbers in there. But you could see that they're never going to be as fit as a Premier League team. And that's what it was, wear them out, like you were saying, Owen, the, the number of shots that we had, the number of time that we were attacking down that side. I thought their left-back did a really good job trying to contain um, Pepe because he was turning him inside out and blocking him. And Pepe was getting no joy for so much of the, of the first half. But you could see that um, people start to uh, relax a little bit. It's coming up to half-time. We scored our goals in 42, 44 and 46 minutes all either side of the half of half time and we've known when we uh, when we played lower league teams that is quite often when teams do get tired but well done to Dundalk for managing not to let in another four or five goals as they tired in the second half even with the substitutions and they were they were still doing really really well and I think that just shows the the resilience of the those those players and the teamwork that they've shown together even though yeah, they I, I fully I fully expected after the third one in so early in the second yeah. half that this could have been sixes sixes and sevens yeah but uh <laughs> but so, so, so something even just to touch on there while you're while you're covering Dundalk is is that um, Stephen Kenny, who's now the 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 first coach of the the Irish national team, um, was the Dundalk coach. And <clears throat> over here, everybody plays like Burnley. You know, long 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 ball football into into the big fella waiting in the box and just try to knock a goal in. But Stephen Kenny really transformed Dundalk into. Probably the first he really pioneered that sort of free flow and expansive type of football, um, that we see sort of on on the main continent more so than than in the lower leagues of the likes of Ireland. And and I actually thought going into this game that the sort of the standard Irish approach is that uh, if there's a golf in quality, you often try to make up for it with physicality. You know, you'll go, you'll try and rough them up, you'll try and make them uncomfortable. But I was actually delighted to see that even throughout the entire ninety minutes after three goals had gone in, Dundalk didn't turn away from their principles of play. That they tried to play the ball out from the back. They were brave in possession. You know, even if it didn't come off, you can at least tip your hat to the fact that they're trying to play football the right way. You know, I, I was I was quite pleased to see that. Yeah, they've done well. They need Dundalk fans. Yeah, fair comment. Uh, that you, your team did you, well. You don't want to see the, the team just turn into a bunch of Burnleys. Mm-hmm. So, right, let's move on to some of the notes I've made during the game, because I know Owen's made quite a few. Um, eighth minute, Eddie fell over, penalty. Did anybody think it was a penalty? I didn't. No, no, no. I don't think so. Over uh, not, not, enough, not enough contact, but 10, <laughs> 10 out of 10 for the, uh, you know, for the flip. Good. <laughs> right, next note, and I've got is 13th minute. So if you've got any notes um, on times, Owen, as you go along, just, uh, just shout. Um, mm-hmm. 13th minute, some good play down the right from Pepe, Suarez and Willock. We saw quite a lot of that in, in the the first half, didn't we, Mike? Suarez was, was actually one of our most attacking players, which reminded me a little bit of the first half against Leicester with Bellerin when he was one of our most attacking players down the right-hand side, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, he's, he's got the capacity to, uh, to to stretch out teams that are shit. Um, it, I, we haven't seen that in any other game. I mean, I, the, the guy peaked in his first 15 seconds in an Arsenal shirt, I think. Uh, I don't remember who that was against. Was it Norwich that he, that he scored that goal against, like right after he came on uh, last season? But, you know, oh, my favorite part of the – bastard. My, my favorite part of the first half was, uh, was our first shot on goal, which was Pepe's corner kick that actually hit the goal uh, <laughs> on the side. But you know, look, side. I, I I actually have that. So on thirteen minutes, I have so uh, so predictable. Oh, was I supposed to be keeping but, track of the game? Thirteenth I, 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 minute, I said so predictable, playing down the wings every time, which I've touched on. And then straight after that, fourteenth minute, Pepe can't take corners. Like it's, <laughs> but there's there's something in that because the set piece, piece coaches. Did, did we score a goal off a corner kick today? We did, yeah, eventually, yeah, but but he, that was all he, Pepe. He, and that was he's, all Nketiah. Nothing to do with the defense. Did defend Pepe, and it's the execution that can probably be wrong. We have a set piece coach. Coach has uh, come in, and he um, we're hitting the first man every time, and I think that's in, intended not to hit their first man, but to hit our first man and get the flick, like, on, the flick on, like we had yeah. against Leicester, and that's why we're seeing it so much. Even though the execution still per, I um, I understand that, but you have to understand what they're trying to do to maybe have a little more sympathy to what's actually happening, I think. 
You know who was also shit at corners for us? Mesut Ozil, Santi Cazorla. Neither one of them could could mm-hmm. could strike a corner kick for shit. And mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's not our thing. So you know it. it I, I think we're a little too hyper aware of when corner kicks aren't struck perfectly. There are people that can do it pretty well. I I, I mean I just remember watching Matthew Valbuena. Uh, who never played in the Premier League, but just watching him play for Marseille, and every single corner kick was on someone's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's rare. I mean, that, that's 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 a rarity. Um, so I, I mean, Pepe can take a corner kick; he just doesn't take them all well. Mm-hmm. Not much we can do about that. Um, uh, just get a bunch of corner kicks, and you'll start worrying about the ones that we don't do. If we only get three a game, and they're all shit, then we've been notoriously shit corners since uh, since Steve Williams left to go to Luton in about nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> that was the last time we had a decent corner taker. Remember um, that, Owen? Mister mm-hmm. uh, Tear Tar. He says. Here, because Tom sent me. Was that Mr. Canton? Has Mr. Canton sent you our way? Oh, I can't imagine Tom. that because he's on. He's doing his own show right now. So why would he? No, he's not he must have, he must have really not. pissed Tom off and said, "Why don't you just leave and go to, <laughs> go, to, uh, go, to uh, go to Danny's show?" No, I've realised that we're only on the twenty-fifth minute, and we're uh, of the we're on the twenty-fifth minute of the show, and we're only on the thirteenth minute of the match. This show's taking longer than than the actual match. <laughs> <laughs> right, we should get uh, get a move on. Then the next point I've got is twenty-third uh, minute. Oh, twenty-second minute. Great work by Nelson down the left. Pepe puts a header over. Yeah, he looked like at least he's having a shot. That's what you got to look at. Twenty-third minute. Nelson had a shot and puts it a fraction wide as to his left to the goalie's right. And that's uh, we've seen some really good shots there. I've put uh, five shots, one blocked, four off target. That's that's pretty good. What, what minute got... was Kalasinac's almost goal from his head? Because that I mean to me that's the highlight of the game. That was I was, uh, I was proud to right. own a Kalasinac shirt. Uh, for the second time ever, the, well, for the third time ever. The first was when I bought it, which was after the um, after the uh, charity shield against Chelsea, when he had his one and only good game for us. The second one was when he like fought off murderers, and then the third one was today when he almost scored a, a goal off of his head. If, if only thirty uh, third minute, Willock down the right into the box, crosses the the width of the box, and Cola heads over Owen. That was. Uh, that was a hell of a bit of play. Magnificent work by Willock, who is a player that I really like. It was it, it, it was great, and I think um, a theme we've seen throughout this here, um, and and I actually have to admit that I that I've been wrong. I think uh, for tonight anyway, um, because Reese Nelson and Joe Willock were probably the two most inspirational players on the pitch. Um, that play in particular, I think that it deserved more. It deserved a bit more anticipation from from Eddie, and it, it needed him to commit to it. Um, yeah, but uh, Daphne, his, his driving runs were sort of a real positive theme throughout the game. It's really good to see. Um, see, we're moving it up already. Uh, then we're going to go 34th minute. minute. <laughs> Cedric runs into the box, puts it in the path of Eddie, and Eddie misses it. Very unlucky for Eddie, but I think that the, the, the speed of um, Cedric and the way that he crossed the ball, a little bit like when we saw... Um, against Leicester where some of the balls were coming in so fast that the strikers couldn't get there in time to do anything about it. And then I noticed in the 35th minute, Mike, uh, and actually I won't come to you with tactics, uh, oh, in 35th minute, Pepe and Nelson, Nelson swapped sides. Was that hmm. something that they were told to do, do you think? Or do you think that was uh, something they decided to do off their own back because they both had spent ages banging down each side, hadn't they? Yeah, no, I think that was probably sort of down to their own discretion. Um, I think we actually seen that on multiple times, even in just different phases of play, you know, coming from set pieces and stuff that us maybe stuck to the one or the opposite side that they were assigned to. And I, I just think often that is is just to keep, especially them sort of lower level players, keep them on their toes and keep them guessing, you know. And also, um, <clears throat> I think really what Reese Nelson was trying to do was was follow Joe Willock around the pitch. You know, he was really making everything happen and I think Reese luckily he was out with the point to prove tonight um, and and he's obviously going to try and put himself in the ble- best place to, to shine throughout the match and I, I really think that's what he was doing I love how you switched up to go to Owen when you were talking about tactics and then you know like in any game where, where one of the Arsenal players leaves the pitch to go have a poo he 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 calls me up immediately. Can you please come on the pod? We need your so, well, your, your next your next your next question was what color do you think the grass was? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, really someone point. has to answer the tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> a really good point here from Duncan Knapp. Sounds like an old school goon. Now, the midfield tonight was made up of young lads who, who are still trying to establish them establish yep. themselves. You know Davis, Rocastle, and Thomas weren't established overnight, were they, Mike? Absolutely not. And I wish that we were back in the day where you could you could bring that kind of youth through through the club, meld them together and let them play. Uh that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, you will never, you will never see that kind of threesome in a, uh, in a midfield go from the, from the, you know, from the youth squad to the, to, to the first team and just get the time to meld together because of this, we've got a win now situation because of this, you know, back in 1984 to 88, when those three, when those three were built, you, you weren't bringing in players from Europe constantly uh so i mean it's just a different game I, I i couldn't couldn't be a bigger fan of those three and duncan you mentioned the name of my favorite all-time arsenal player which is roadcastle but i mean that, that it's a different era now unfortunately and the teams you know i th- there's no team not even i don't think manchester city or or liverpool that have a, a, a three like that that they've brought up from from the age of 16 or 18 who are now starring for their club. It just doesn't exist anymore. And that, you know, it's a separate topic, but it makes me a little bit sad, but you know, hopefully we can get some semblance of regularity for the games that matter with, with Partey with, I mean, Jock is, I guess, going to be in there, whether you like it or not. Uh, and Sabayos Willock or some, you know, some third person, but you know, it, people don't have time to establish themselves anymore. And that's part of the shit, you know, the shit situation of present day football. It is indeed. Owen, talk Old us man the- shouting at Cloud. Just <laughs> your nonsense. Uh, Owen, talk us through the first goal, because I, 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 I take it you've got notes on it. Um, yeah, basically, and, and it's really ironic, because um, on the 38th minute, there was sort of a, a pinball moment in the box, and Eddie didn't really anticipate it. He didn't really commit to putting a foot on it, and um, it, it sort of looked like a really bad, clear, missed opportunity. And, and the note was actually Eddie's poor at pinball. Um, and then literally the next note is... Uh, uh, Eddie's good at pinball. <laughs> um, corner corner comes in quite scrappy. I would almost put it down to a Dundalk mistake, but uh, Lucky was in the right place at the right time and he got the neck on it to put it in the back of the net. It sort of actually made me feel, um, and this is what I mean, but I was quite conflicted with this game. I've never actually felt like that watching an Arsenal game in my whole life was that um, when the ball hit the back of the net, I actually felt a bit bad for Dundalk because whereas, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a while, the Pepe goal is, is just sheer class, whereas it, that goal was just unfortunate and down to you know maybe a little lack of confidence, composure in the box, and and I think uh, Eddie's professionalism sort of shone through there. He, he was he was the most cool head in a in a bit of a a, a frantic situation. Yeah, good though. Good that he scored. Good for him because uh, if Eddie wouldn't have scored, there is quite a, a campaign at the moment. I mean, the main campaign is against Arteta, and then it's Pepe, and then it's the usual Jacques Mustafi. But Eddie is up there amongst the the ones that the fans are beginning to get a little bit fed up of because he's not scoring the goals. But because they're, they're is going, it a bad, is it a bad thing to just to, to get known as being a poacher? Though I mean, I, like when I when I played football as a teenager, when I was about, about maybe twenty five quid, uh, twenty five stone less. Um, I scored a ton of goals, but I was not skilled at all. So I and so I had nothing compared to Eddie Nakedia. But like he just, you don't see you don't see Ibra type of skill out of him. But he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. Here, here's the only here's not. the only problem, and I'll put this question to both of you. Uh, uh, so well, right, and this is this is the only thing I find frustrating about it is. Arteta's, and again, I'm not a, a Tedder basher. I'm actually a bit of a Arteta dick writer. Um, <laughs> but uh, Arteta's refusal to play Abba centrally, all right? What do, what does Eddie and Kitty bring in that number nine position that Abba couldn't do? He isn't a hold-up player. He no, isn't a, no. So that that's the frustration. It isn't so much I think frustration at Eddie. It's frustration. It's frustration at the lack of playing time that Abba's getting in that central position. You know, so that, that, that I, I don't, I don't, I don't argue with that. And and you know, you could you could say we've got 180 minutes a week to fill, and Nakedia would be a perfect Thursday night guy mm-hmm. um, to Abba's Saturday and Sunday. But that isn't that isn't what we're seeing. I mean, you know, and then and then where does Lacazette go? But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I, I. My point was more just about the fact that Nakedia is a certain style of player that 
can be quite useful for a team because he is in the right place at the right time. Uh, he may not create a tremendous amount, but he finishes. Yeah. Fair enough, I suppose. And, and you know, and, and Tom didn't think he'd make it, so I, I'm, I'm obliged to say that. <laughs> it's one of the hardest positions to uh, to get really good at because that's the only thing you do as a striker, mainly score goals. One Especially of the other singular striker, whereas uh, mm-hmm. historically we, we would have seen them maybe paired with somebody with a bit more experience, but really now it is you're, you're out there on your own, you know, defend for yourself, so... Yeah, he's not playing up in a two like like Campbell and Wright, like um, you know Giroud would 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 kind of supplement another uh, you know uh, one of his wings. I mean, they, they, he's not that type of player. But if you need goals, he's going to get them. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Michael Dempsey says, uh, even the Pepe goal in in the second half, Dundalk did have to stop Arsenal scoring more than they did in the second half. So mm-hmm. they did quite well and. Uh, uh, Julian Salmondo says, I must be honest, I'm finding myself flickering through the channels and stopping at games that have crowds, irrespective of who's playing. Uh, sometimes tonight, Mike, didn't didn't the uh, the non the, the artificial crowd were getting bored, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was watching a game. I guess it was I, I guess it was the Spurs game before this, where where fireworks started going off in the 84th minute. Uh, there were no there were no people in the crowd at Antwerp, but but fireworks start going off, which I thought was hilarious, and I also would have been very pissed off at if uh, if it had been premature and Spurs had come back. But like, so you don't need fans inside the stadium, but you do need an atmosphere surrounding the stadium. Um, it's it's dreadful. It, it, the, it, it's absolutely dreadful, and I hope it gets back to normal as soon as possible. But uh, I don't know that I would watch a game because there's fans more than I would be, you know, a game that I'm actually interested in where there's not fans, though. I mean, that doesn't make much sense to me. Avon has put a little thing in here. He says, Laka and Eddie are more expendable than Nelson and Pepe in our front three. Discuss. Uh, Disagree. This is is something I was just going to touch on, and it isn't more so um, uh, Nelson and Pepe. It's actually something that that really sort of stood out to me this evening was – within our regular first team, let's say Pepe and Aubameyang on the wings, is that is that Nelson, along with uh, somebody we haven't even mentioned this evening but because he didn't feature, is Gabriel Martinelli, is that I think often the problem that I have with our front three is, yes, we're, we're, we're missing that sort of creative midfielder, but if you look at the sort of top sides around Europe, the front three often create for themselves, which ours don't. Um, I don't think Abba, Abba is, well, he's a fantastic footballer, great finisher. He isn't the best person at running and beating multiple men um, and, and sort of creating his own chances, whereas <laughs> Reese Nelson had that in abundance this evening, and so does Gabriel Martinelli. So I think that, like I said earlier, I think, I think often... Um, Arteta is playing people in positions just to accommodate them. So he's playing Abba on the left to accommodate Lacazette, but it's not the most efficient thing to do for this system. You know, if you're going to play that sort of playing down the wings, playing wide, you really need that uh, them sort of <clears throat> dribblers that can make things happen. Um, so I would be interested, yes, definitely to see Abba move centrally. Someone like Reese Nelson and Pepe to credit. Um, I think after he got the goal tonight, he just it just once again reflected how much this guy's a confidence player. You know, once that ball hit the back of the net, he just looked like a different player completely. Um, but in the lear- in the long term, I just can't wait to see Gabriel Martinelli come back, man. I just the the guy's so exciting, and in terms of being unpredictable, um, having a bit of a wild card within your side to make something happen in a dull game like that. I think there's nobody better um, to have in your squad than Gabriel Martinelli. Very true. Before you answer yours, Mike, can't <coughs> is to subscribe to us on Twitch. Very kind of you. Um, yeah, your thoughts on that, Mike? Martinelli is, I mean, since the moment we saw him play in Denver last year, um, that guy's had it. And, and I just, you know, I cannot wait until he gets back. I mean, I'm worried about it. a knee injury. Never, you know, you, you don't come back from a knee injury the same as you were before a knee injury. So I, I'm really kind of devastated that he had that kind of an injury at 18. But modern medicine being what it is, um, hopefully we won't rush him back. And you know, maybe it's not until the very, you know, the run in this season or the beginning of next season. But that guy is a baller, and um, you know, that's the type of guy where you don't need to spend. 
60 million pounds on, a, on an attacking player because you got the guy for five or four, whatever it was. Um, you know, the, the, and, and you're right. Oh, and I mean, he, he can create, he can take men off the dribble. Um, Pepe, hopefully we'll see more finished final product from him, but he can take men off the dribble. But most of our, most of our number nines can't do that. Um, and you know, and therefore you need a creative player to be able to feed them to a point where they're one-on-one with the keeper. And we, we, that's been our weakest, our, our weakest point of our, uh, of our entire season is that we're just not creating. Mm-hmm. We're relying on, we're relying on, on set pieces and we're relying on just can't miss chances and we're not really creating and, and, and getting those players back will help us with that. Uh, a couple of more notes from the first half. Uh, good corner from Nelson. Goalie jumps to get it. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's the nice for Eddie's goal. Uh, oh, Eddie down the right. Gives the ball to Pepe. Pepe has a shot. Rebounds off the defender into the path of Willock. And Willock puts it in the kind of top right-hand corner, Owen. How uh, a wonderful bit of play. Was and the first touch or the finish better? <clears throat> it was, It was um, again, another another sort of sad one because it was off the back of a Dundalk mistake, a, a sort of pearly half hit pass. <clears throat> uh, Eddie drives down the right, squares it to Pepe, who I thought was actually extremely greedy because uh, that, that ball to Willock was completely obvious, obvious to, to put him in um, clear and open. And I think he was actually quite um, fortunate for, for it to fall back to him like that in the way that it did because I think it would have looked completely bad on his part if that hadn't come off. But in terms of the finish, again... I, I I'll say it. I've I've been critical of Joe Wittick, um, within the past, uh, saying you know uh, what difference could he really make to this to this side? And again, again, uh, I have to state this: you have to you have to put in the context the level of opposition he was playing against today. But it doesn't matter what opposition you're playing against; that that finishes world class. Um, you know, I, I don't think any keeper stopping that. Um. So yeah, no, lucky deserved to go for the after he put in the day, and it was uh, it was good to see him get it. Uh, Mike, what was your uh, what part of that goal made you smile the most? Which one? Oh, the no, um, honestly, the 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 ability for Willock to control the, the the ball like that. I mean, I mean, it 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 wasn't a done deal that he was going to be able to get that down to his feet and play it, but I mean. It, you know that, that to me the finish was basic. Uh, he did it well, but it was basic. But, but to be able to, I don't even know if he chested it down or I, I mean I you know I've, I've already forgotten it. It was three hours ago, but just the, the the fact that he was able to control that head, put it down to his feet, and finish it is composed, and that's what you want to see from the player. What you're laughing at me now? <laughs> no, you're right. Well, yeah, oh, you know. yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look that 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 composure. I mean, you you don't that that is the type of thing that if any nine times out of ten you're just going to see it squib by him, or you're going to see him have to hold up in order to get control of the ball, and then by that point there's three defenders in front of it blocking you from you know from a shot, and and Willick Willick took it masterfully. That's uh, that's two really good ones we've seen. I think Suarez started this trend last season when he came on and scored that goal. Bellerin did one against Leicester, and now um, he's done one tonight against us. It's, it's I mean, as we've seen all season with us. It's mostly when put them wide, put them over, put them at the keeper, at the keeper. But when you hit it with that much determination, that's uh, that's it's, it's something wonderful to see. And he, the, he finish, plays, the finish, the finish was good, yeah. but I mean, it wasn't. You know, he, he's got a gaping goal in front of him. All he has to do is just not hit the keeper, which is something that I watched a video. Often. I watched a video of you taking penalties earlier. Okay, he didn't. Just just have to <laughs> link it. Who won, who won that penalty? Who won the penalty shootout? Is what I want to know. Uh, I wasn't looking. I was paying too much attention to Andy's freaky calves. He's got them old man calves. But Andy had no knees at that time, did he? He was playing. Uh, with knees. He said he says he had no knees, uh, but his surgery was not until six months later. So <laughs> I won uh, that shit. I won that fair and square. Such a noise. We got someone from Mexico. Uh, he is an Atlas fan and an Arsenal fan. And also, Mike Hertz says we have a Mexico who might. I was going to say we have two people from Mexico. Well, Mike's not from Mexico, is he? <laughs> I, from, I know, I know. He supports not. Mexico. There again, don't we all at, at some point? He's put yeah, ahuevo. I don't know how I managed to say that. It might even have sounded correct. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> is that an egg? Is that an egg? 
Where? Quavo is an egg, right? So he's talking about podcast, talking an egg podcast. <laughs> I thought Quavo was an egg, and I thought he was talking about your head, Danny. Talk about your head. <laughs> your head? No, he's your, talking about your, your head. head. You bite, bite me, right? So, um, shot. Um, Stats at the end of the first half, 16 shots, four on target, 58% possession. That sounds a lot better than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, people. I have four notes for the second half because <laughs> I stopped watching. <laughs> 40, 46th minute, Owen. Pepe scores. I wasn't even taking any bloody notice. I was watching my <laughs> Stevie on Twitch. So, uh, yeah, what happened with the goal? Because I've got no idea. Uh, another worldly... Um... Oh, what do you call it? Eddie Eddie drives down, squares the ball into Pepe. Uh, Pepe rolls it with his left foot and then strikes it. Believe it or not, um, right? I'm saying this correctly with you his right. This up just because I haven't seen it. No, he hits it with his right foot and curls it in right into oh, the queen's right into the queen's face. Postage stamp into the top corner. Absolute worldy. Absolute worldy. I hate, this, I hate this, but Amer- Yanks would call that <clears throat> upper ninety. I, I cannot stand that, by the way. I'm not saying that, but upper 90 is where Pepe put that. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what that means, upper 90. but 90 degrees, you big minge. <laughs> right into the Queen's face. That's what we. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's probably a, uh, I know the. I like that more. I like the situation more. over here is a bit strange, so don't maybe don't use our sense. But <laughs> what was I going to say? No, absolutely fantastic goal and and like I mentioned earlier, the, the bounce that you see, physically seen from Pepe after that goal hit the back of the net and his whole demeanour changed and he looked a completely different player. It was a phenomenal finish. I suggest Mike. you go watch the highlights. You're missing out. I would do, but you lot keep me fucking busy. Uh, <laughs> Michael in Sweden says, absolute beauty of a finish. And, uh, from someone from Scandinavia to say something nice about the finish, that's, uh, that's quite rare. <laughs> you see what I've done there. Avon <laughs> says, top bins. Avon. You've got it exactly right, sir. Uh, uh, so, yes, where else am I going to go and do now? Pepe, no. Can, can, can I just say, Pepe is is like such an enigma in the sense that, like, everyone thinks he's doing great and he starts shitting the bed for four weeks. Everyone is ready to just move on from him and call him a failure, and then he, he, he has a finish like he did today. Again, I'm not overestimating. I'm not talking about the – the, the opposition, I'm not talking about anything. Can people just, like, get behind him and... Can and just chillax? Chillax and, and like, chill and re- and realize that the, the guy's got talent. It's just that, you know, he's settling. It's, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's somebody. Not every somebody, seventy-two million pound player needs to settle, but like he clearly does. So I forget. I forget who explained it in this way the other day, but it was a very good way of explaining. It, is that there's there's open space players and there's closed space players, and it's that if you look at the likes of Santi Carzola as a closed space player, plays in the park, it's nice, you know, while it's uh, quite. Uh, compact, and he's brilliant at playing out of them. And then you've got your open space players like an Aubameyang, like a Pepe, who needs space to drive into to be effective. And I think that I think that within this system and within the the the, the systems that we often see used by opposition, sort of counter what what they're very good at, which is why we often see these guys be ineffective during during games, is because. They're, the opposition are nullifying our players' strengths, and while they're not sort of completely contained to just that sort of punt the ball long and run after it, that that often is the most effective way. Um, and I think for Nicola Pepe to sort of flourish, you really need somebody playing the ball in front of him, so he has space to run. Um, whereas when we often see Pepe, he's receiving the ball deep with his back back to goal, and and he's not very effective at doing that. So I think it's more so that we need to sort of adjust our system. To, to suit to suit him, um, you know, but I, but I don't think we'll see that really until we have that sort of creative because that that's a note that I have made six or seven times during this is that it's really frustrating that the lack of the lack of an a center set center attack and midfielder is still an issue the whole way through it the whole way through that game and it was just really really frustrating to see even though it was a positive result it, it was quite evident throughout that entire ninety minutes. I'm shocked that you guys take so many notes during the game. I mean, I write notes to myself like sixtieth minute. I really got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so that, like, at the end of the game, I remember that I had to go to the bathroom. And, like, I, I don't – the toilet, sorry. I, I, I just – you know, you guys are analytical AF. I don't I don't remember. Like I said to John, John hosted the weekend one. I said, John, are you making notes? He went, all in the noggin. I said, I'll tell you <laughs> the first five minutes because I instantly forget it all. Like, 
I, I can't remember most of the 50 years that I've been alive. I don't remember most of it. It's, I, I could rare at times I feel well, like... Go look at your notes. Yeah, I will do. Um, Mike, Mike, Mike like almost came cool. to Cambridge to meet me. And then like two years later, you got another note. Mike almost again came to Cambridge to meet me. <laughs> well, don't, don't do what Jeff from Canada did and get the train from London to Cambridge because then Sean will have to come and pick you up from Cambridge. Right. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go to... Uh, what's what's the name of the stop? Yeah, uh, yes. and, and, I'm, and I'll visit you in God, Manchester. I was going to make it last March until goddamn COVID came into play. Had, we I had, was really coming that time. We had plans. I forgot Kaiser is also in Sweden. Uh, don't have anything against the Finnish. Those potato-choking Danes, though. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bentner, that was for you. Um, hold on, we had... Uh, oh, well, a Has from Dundalk, is he? Oh, he's What's a that? local boy. There's a guy there, Has, has in the chat. Jesus, lads and dark is my hometown. There he is. Well, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hometown on Sunday League Island, team in Ireland. What happened? There you go. Um, That's a little, you know, what do they play on the Hackney Marshes? The data has put the upper 90 is the roof of the net, the horizontal section, the parallel to the ground. Top bins is just the top of the goal frame, although it can in- include the upper 90 of the net. That's true. Jason that is true. So up, upper 90 is, is, is harder than top bins. There you go. Willis was awesome. top bins. The stanchion we Pepe was, was upper 90. Mind oh. you, I hate all of those expressions. Fantasy football, you silly. Who is that? <laughs> that's, that's my echo saying, this is a reminder, fantasy football, you silly bitch. Because <laughs> fantasy football people, as is a game on Friday. Echo. Shut up. Don't get, oh, don't get excited about fantasy football. Fantasy football window closes Thursday night, people. So you don't, don't You don't play that, do you, Danny? I am top of the league with no Man United, oh, no Liverpool, no Chelsea, no Spurs. Anyway, enough of that. We're moving on. Yay. Um, oh, yay. Firmino scored. I, so my weekend isn't a complete waste. Firmino scored. Fuck. Perma Kurt is, is, is sitting in his uh, stream yard lobby. Where are all these guys? <laughs> oh, jeez. Are we already late? <laughs> What time is he starting at? Quarter past, I think. Yeah, we've got a quarter of an hour. Plenty ah, of time. Not even that ah, I'm just joking. Here we go. Data been nice again. I like Pepe. Who cares how much he costs? The squad as a whole is the fourth in the Premier League in wages. Should be looking for to finish near fourth if everyone thinks the money is the most important I, thing. I would say to that, Data, that it's exactly the same as the Mesut Ozil thing. If Ozil was on 50 grand a week, no one would give a fuck. If if Pepe costs twenty million pound, no one would give a fuck. I think that's the gist of it. We don't pay it. She's making know. sense. She's making sense tonight. I mean, look. I she mean, is. Forget transfer fees. The, the wage bill, which is supposed to actually include transfer fees, prorated over the course of the contract. That should be a sign of where you should expect to finish. Now, if you don't right. like what we're spending, that's a different story. A different conversation. You should not be talking finances. All I'm going to say is ten million dollars. <laughs> Look, man, I gave it back. Okay, we're, I gave it back. Not how the law works, my boy. We've got, got, an, we've got an airlister in the chat. Who's in there? Oh, look! Oh, former oh. ABW. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Mister Canton. Who's that Irish bloke you've got on? I've seen him somewhere before. I'm going to start demanding a commission every time that you have uh, uh, Owen on. Because Owen is his podcasting version of Marco Asensio. That, that's he's my boss. He's just coming in to make sure I'm not making a making a, an arse out of him. You know, he sort of keeps tabs on me and makes sure that I'm not letting the side down. Unlike yourself, you know, he's just How, like, what, per, what percentage he's does he? What percentage does he take? Because Andy takes like eighty percent of mine. Of, of my what? Money. Oh, oh your money. Yeah, money! I thought you were talking about something else there. My appearance, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, well, Travis says uh, it's Robbie Keane, I think, Tom. That's the uh, wrong part of Ireland, but never mind. <laughs> it's, uh, I think. Uh, where did it, uh, here we go. David, Mr. Waffle said, it's frustrating to see the way a lot of our squad aren't playing to their strengths. Talking of strengths, I'm going to swiftly move on to, um, we've talked about that goal. Um, I'm going to do this because uh, who was the person in there? The Oxford fan. They said, if you talk about Balogun, he is going to um, subscribe to the channel. And that 99p could be is, could be essential for me. So uh, Every wanna, P is essential to you. I want to talk, us to talk about uh, Balogun. Why did Please. he leave it so long? When we're 3-0 up is the note I've made. Why did he leave it so long before bringing Balogun on? Um, who wants to talk about that? I... <clears throat> 
I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not an expert on 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 Balogun. Um, he's not somebody I've seen a massive amount of. The only one thing I would say is that statistically, when you look at yes, that's him. That's him. Um, if you look at Balogun's uh, under twenty three record in comparison with Eddie and Caddy's, Eddie and Caddy's record is outstanding. It's far more superior to that of uh, Balogun's. Um, and you see the difficulties that even Eddie's having integrating into first team football within the Premier League. Um, you know, I think that we need a sort of cooler jets when it comes to Balogun and our expectations with him. Um, to be honest with you, with the price tags that were being thrown about with this kid um, during the summer, I I would have possibly been open to see him see him leave. You know, we were talking about, but we were talking about ten, a ten million pound bid from Sheffield United coming in that uh you know for a player who hasn't even featured for the first team that's you know yeah. a, a outstanding profit to be making so in terms of you see him sold for 50 by the team that buys him for 10 yeah but you can't say that with every player and hold on to people who aren't assets we've seen that too long you know uh, that that our assets sort of stagnate and start to lose value over time you know just because like the the one everybody uses is Serge Gnabry Serge Gnabry always sold him we shouldn't have sold him but if uh, no, I, I, I don't buy that but the, but the, but I mean you, you can look at Danielle Malin you can look at Jeffrey and Adelaide yeah, but if you look, yeah, but if you look back to the time, Mike, it's that you have to judge each situation at, at the time that it happened. And those guys weren't showing enough progression. The, the the squad was too congested. We had other people in those positions that um that sort sort of showed more promise. So I don't think you can sort of hold um either the board or the youth youth system accountable for for the outgoings. Like like Serge Gnabry, I remember. I remember getting so frustrated with Serge Gnabry, you know, and and I think often what you have to remember as well, and people don't take this into account enough, is often look at the players that leave the Premier League and go to these different leagues and then they flourish. But but then look at a lot of the players that come from foreign leagues into the Premier League and they really struggle. So there, there's nothing saying that they're just more suited to that standard of football, you know. So maybe their progression never would have taken off if, if they hadn't have made that move. The, the Gnabry thing, I mean, I, trust me, because... Tom and my joke about about how Niketia would never make it at Arsenal was 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 linked with the fact that I was claiming that who could have known that Serge Gnabry was going to be what he was. You could say that you that you knew what he was going to be, but but when we sold him for for three or four or five million pounds, no one knew that, and 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 it wasn't going to happen because his head wasn't in the right place. So I, I I'm not the guy that says. We should have kept Serge Gnabry because he's banging in goals for Bayern Munich right now because it's two different players, two different time frames. Balogun, I'll, I'll never forget where I first heard about Eddie Nketiah, and it was from this guy, from this guy, uh, 2016. It, you know, because he used to spend time, waste time, spend time talking about the under 23s, <laughs> loan players. I mean, the, the the format of the pod as we were honing our craft, um, you know. Everything was about how Eddie Nketiah had scored a brace or a, or a hat trick or yeah, he scored another goal in the youth team. And that's where I first became aware of him. And um, Balogun's kind of got that same pedigree, maybe not quite to the same extent, but he's a guy that's too too good for his U- U18. And I just want to see him progress. I want to see – I mean, we don't have to constantly buy 55 million pound strikers. If we could get Niketia, Balogun, or both to, to you know, or and and you know, a five million pound uh, Martinelli, if we can get them to lead the line, why? I mean, we don't have to constantly spend money there, and we can spend it in in places where it belongs, like you know, like the, the rest of the spine. And um, you know, I so Bal- Balogun playing tonight, I think, was huge for me. I was joking around about you know, oh, you should have started. He's going to score a brace. I've never literally watched him play football before tonight. <laughs> so, I, you know, look, I, I, I'm a little bit of the... Uh, the he's one of your lot, though, isn't he? He's American. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's New the, York. He's, yeah, he's born, born, yeah, he's born in New York, born and raised in New York. Yeah. Was he? See, he's, he's, represented, he's represented the USA and the UK, England in, in football. And I think the US want to get him as a... As a um, That's absurd. A I, didn't, I, did not even, I did not even realize that. Um most of the most of the the players that the U.S. Knicks are like an eighth German, but like but we don't get many that are English. 
So that's and, three and Americans who've had play for Arsenal. We've had uh, Danny Cabastian. Zellalem was never going to be good enough for Arsenal. I watched him play six years ago this week in a U21 game at Borumwood against Birmingham. And I came away from that game thinking he's not ready. He'll never be ready. Awobi looks like a beast, and Matt Macy is shit at distributing the ball. That's what I came away from that game with, and and, and yeah, I mean you could just tell in Zellalem's eyes that he was not—he was like a kid. He was—he was sixteen going on twelve. Balogun, I'm excited to see him. I really don't know that much about him on the, uh, you know, uh, as far as his mentality is concerned. But I mean, if he can—if he can be a regular in the Europa League this year, he wants to leave because he wasn't getting the starting the playing time. So if we can give him that this season, I think that's a major step forward. Mm-hmm. Future well, Bell on to or winner is what I'm saying. Thank you, thank you. Right, um, Owen, uh, round off the rest of the game because I made almost no more notes other than uh, that Balogun's going to run the defenders ragged if he gets the time. He didn't uh, really do that much once he came on, did he? <laughs> there was, no, there was, well. there was well, one particular part, I think, on the 75th minute that, that really sort of... Um, sealed the man of the match award for me and that was Reese Nelson um, he I think Dundalk had a set piece free kick maybe um, Nelson received the ball deep uh, probably about uh, a quarter from a quarter of the way up the pitch from our goal and he persisted to beat about three to four players oh. running the whole length of the pitch yeah. um, and, and, and for me down. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, that's what 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 really sort of um, tipped tipped my sort of judgment on on Reece Nelson as to what he can actually bring yeah. uh, to the side. As I said, that's something we completely lacked the whole time. Again, um, as I said, twenty attempts on goal, I think six on target at that stage at the seventy eighth minute. Um, I've written down again the lack of calm is still annoying me. <laughs> um, then eighty uh, fourth minute, Nelson shot man of the match, no doubt. Um, and then on the 86th minute, Willock should have had a penalty um, running down that left channel, trying to make a run into the box. Uh, I think it was Balogun was sitting square from him at that time. Um, and the Dundalk right back uh, really had a firm grip of his shirt, which continued into the box. But I think maybe uh, the Dundalk just sort of had a bit, bit of sympathy for uh, for uh, Dundalk at that stage and and let them away with it basically essentially and apart from that it was just a lot of uh, side to side back and forth Arsenal were really just sort of uh, riding the wave of that uh, 3-0 scoreline and, and just seeing it out really As I put down it was Willock and Nelson playing like the Harlem Globetrotters taking the piss <laughs> It was yeah it was, it was, it was that uh, yeah, it was definitely that type of relationship there. But uh, as I said, yeah, them them two were the most inspirational players, which which is brilliant because I think that um, in in my eyes and I think in many people's eyes, I thought they were really going to struggle to make any kind of impact in our squad this season. So it was good to see something that I think they've often lacked um, is to to take the opportunities, the the few ones that they're given. They, they sort of often have a, a bit of a lackluster um, demeanor about them, but they definitely didn't have that tonight. So maybe they're starting to realize that. Um, they're really only at the beginning of their careers and not really cemented into any sort of first-team football, which is the type of attitude I think they both need to succeed. Yes. Uh, oh, Hernandez has given out the mobile version of his uh, his YouTube channel. Right, that is us done. Um, man of the match, everybody put in the chat box what your man of the match is. Also, if you go to that YouTube channel, that is where we are going to be on next. That is uh, not another Arsenal podcast, which is uh, Mike... Hernandez and a few others. Um, but yeah, somebody put go, your man of the go match. Watch, go watch that because Mike is one of the more class people I have met in this journey of uh, of being an Arsenal supporter. I said one of. I didn't say the only, uh, Owen. Oh, Once sorry. I learn your name, you'll be one of them as well. Um, just you got to watch this because, you know, it, it – there's not enough Arsenal podcasts in in the industry right now, and so we have to support all the new ones that keep coming out. Mm. Uh, Mike's put Runnison, um, Avon's put Willock, Julian says Willock, uh, Data's put Pepe, Mike has put uh, not Mike, and uh, I I would personally go with Willock. The only, the only downside about Mike Mike Hers is that he likes jazz. That's the problem. I mean, but if you can get past that. His podcast will be entertaining, at least. He likes jazz. 
He's dead to he, me. He does. He likes jazz. But shush, answer the question. Man of the match. I'm going with Willock. Although um, I did love seeing Nelson run through like my. Uh, you were saying, Owen, but who are you picking? Uh, Reese Nelson, yeah. Uh, I think I've expanded enough detail as the way, you know, definitely brilliant performance from Reese. Uh, Mike, who are you picking? I'll go with Pepe because anybody, anybody that can hit side netting and top bins is uh, is going to be my man in the match for me. <laughs> Very good. Right. So I, it's, it's between him and Runnerson. Runnerson just looks so commanding and Balogun. He looks like a 12-year-old. So go to that that link. That is the YouTube link to my podcast. This one I'm putting here is the link to Owen's podcast, the Arsenal Crack podcast. What's the Twitter for it, Owen? Uh, Gunnar Crack. So Crack, you'll see it's spelled down there. Uh, so yeah, you have to spell it for Americans who are going to be looking like like they think it's a drug reference. Yeah, C-R-A-C, Crack. In English, that is C-R-A-I-C. <laughs> Jesus, don't get an Irishman to try and use vowels correctly. When I turn around and I look at the mirror, I see a grammar crack. That's a different, that's a different <laughs> kind of... Mike, where can they not find your podcast? You cannot find our podcast at, uh, well, if you want to find our podcast, you can go to goonersubscribe.com, which is a weird little link that takes you to our uh, to our YouTube page. But on Twitter, it's at the Gooners Pod. If you feel like uh, donating money to a charity that is currently uh, paused on fundraising, but we'll always accept it, it's uh, at the at Gooners v. Cancer. Um, thank you to uh, to Owen for being such a great member of that. Thank you to you, Danny, for being a great supporter of that. And forgetting to donate. And forget. Well, you know, look, you 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 donate with your with your charm and your good looks. Yeah, I mean, I still owe you money though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a family, you know, that's suffering from leukemia will be comforted by knowing that Danny is attractive and cares. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very fine words right we're going to go now um, you know where to go and find us thank you very much to everybody who watched thank you very much Owen thank you very much Mike Arsenal's back we're back <laughs> until Sunday we're back and uh, you'll catch us again on Sunday it's going to be possibly it will be John maybe me maybe somebody else we don't know yet thank you very much for watching we have been a Birdcamp Wonderland and uh, yeah Pepe scored a goal bye bye as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>